Hello, welcome to You, Me and our couple's therapy podcast with all the therapist. Here, we will be discussing navigating life together, challenges and everything in between. Hello and welcome to You, Me and I'm Jordan. I'm Kirsty. And thank you for joining us once again on our podcast. Um, it's brilliant to have you back with us just listening to us rambling on. There's that word once again, rambling. <laughs> I do like that word. Um, yeah. But yes, thank you for joining us once again. And welcome, if this is the first time that you're listening to us. Um, basically, this podcast is us just talking through our lives, the situations and stuff that we're going through. Mm-hmm. So Infertility. Infertility. Hopefully, we will be covering pregnancy at some point. Mm-hmm. That is the outcome that we're looking for. Uh, but yeah, infertility, pregnancy, and just anything that life throws at us, any challenges. Life, just life. Yep, I think that's basically how to best sum this up, really, that we're just going to be talking about life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so each week we're going to be starting with a segment, and that segment is What's New With You? So this week, Kirsty, what's new with you? Well, this week I am not pregnant. Aunt Flo came to say... Hello. Um, so our little theory that we tried this month didn't work. I try a little theory every single month. I always go, oh, this this will work, this will work this time. And it doesn't. And it yeah, didn't. You, you do like a trend or a fad. Yeah. Some sort of theory. Mm-hmm. There's always something that I can find that we've not tried. So we did try something and it didn't work. But it's okay. We'll carry on like we always do. Um, it's quite all right this month actually because uh, next week I've got my first appointment at the fertility clinic, do, so I'm yeah. gonna be getting my investigations all done. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've had my blood tests already, but yeah, everything else I'm gonna get done on Tuesday. So it's okay. We're moving forward, and we'll just see what's gonna happen next. Anything new happening with you this week? Um, nothing out of the ordinary, but this week I have actually had some conversations with some men about their infertility, so that's been uh, quite nice, just to, just to know that it's not just yourself that's gone through these things, mm. or is going through these things. Um, it was with a couple of workmates, and it's just interesting to find out that, as I say, there are men out there that are comfortable with talking about it. Um, it's a subject that isn't spoken about it it is a taboo subject but speaking to those men about it was actually really quite comforting to know that one you could be able like you can speak about it and two that there are other men going through it or have gone through it Mm -hmm. so it is quite comforting as a man to know those things so yeah no that's been that's been nice this week to find out that really yeah and that brings us perfectly onto the topic of this week's episode yes and this week's episode is focusing on male infertility so last week we looked at secondary infertility but this week men including myself we're coming for you (laughs) it's all about you let's not quote that band right now oh i wanted to sing (laughs) yes so we are we're talking about male infertility today we think that it's really, really important to speak about this since we've sort of been dealing with it ourselves. I think we've realised how many people don't speak about it 
well, even even just us, really, to begin with, we never yeah. really spoke about it. Mm-hmm. It's only been the last few months or whatever that we really have decided to, to speak about it openly. I think yeah. beforehand, you would have had your thoughts, I would have had my thoughts. Did they ever make it to the other person's ears? I would say no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has been it has been recent that we've decided to open up and speak about it, which would be my message to kind of any couple really. If yeah. you if you aren't speaking about it already, then do yeah, speak definitely about it. start off speaking to each other about it, especially. But yeah, it's so important to speak about it to speak about infertility in general, anyway. But I think with us ha- going through this ourselves, I think we've noticed that male infertility, especially, is really not spoken about. No. No, nowhere, nowhere near. No. As, as you say, infertility is not spoken about, but male infertility, very, very, very rarely will mm-hmm. you hear anything mentioned about it. Yeah. Not just even with people that you know, but obviously media and oh, yeah. stuff like that, Um, which it brings us on to a topic that we have witnessed this week, that obviously the Rod Gilbert documentary, mm-hmm. which was on BBC, it's the only thing that I've come across that has been focusing on male infertility yeah. and has mentioned it. Mm-hmm. See, when I was doing my sort of research and when I've been going towards like my um, support groups and Instagrams and things like that, uh, I just thought I wasn't coming across male ones because that's not what I was seeking out. I was seeking out like the women's side yeah, and stuff. and you would be. Um, but then because Instagram was so helpful for me and all these support groups have been really helpful for me, I felt like you needed that as well so that's why i pushed you towards setting up your own instagram yeah mm-hmm. but then i think since doing that it's kind of been like oh spot the male like mm-hmm. spot the spot the male infertility yeah. page yeah because even though again you pushed me to do it mm-hmm. the, the instagram page and stuff even since then i've not really come across that many male accounts no i've i've come across a few. I have come across a few. I can't say that I haven't come across any, because I have. But not as many as I thought I would. But if a male is mentioned, really, it's like a joint account. So it's not just their yeah. personal account. A lot of them are like the husband and wife's or the partner accounts and stuff. So, mm. yeah, there's not as many as I kind of thought there would be. Yeah. Do you think that's because like men are nervous or... They don't want, they're not as open, they don't want to be as open about it. Like, was you, when I was trying to get you to set up your Instagram, was there any part of you that thought, oh, I don't want to do this? Um, no, not so much in terms of not wanting to do it, but I'm still at the point where I'm not really wanting to put my face to the mm. account. Um, but that's purely from a work point of view. Oh, right, okay. It's, I was going to say, why? Like, yeah, why? It, it, it's from a work point of view with me working in a school. Mm-hmm. I don't really want that getting around with the kids and stuff. Again, it's a stupid thing, but... I know, I was going to say, even with that, you think, well, why? I know you have to be careful in schools anyway, but even with that, you kind of think, well, maybe they should know that people do go through things like this as well. Yeah, it would help educate them, but... Yeah. Obviously, when you work in school, you're kind of told to keep as much kind of personal information yeah. to yourself so that mm-hmm. it can't be used yeah, against hard... you and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it is a hard one because um, it's not as if I'm not wanting to put my face to this because I'm embarrassed by what's going on. Because mm-hmm. for me personally, I'm not um, 
it's what it is, unfortunately. Um, it's what we're working with. It's what I'm working with and what we're having to deal with. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's just one of those things. It's not anything that I'm embarrassed about. And it's nothing to be ashamed about at all no, either. No. no, absolutely not. I think that's no. what we're both realising as we're going through this as well. Because mm-hmm. I, I was very... I still am a little bit, but I was very like closed off about it to start yeah. off with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but there is that sort of taboo. So you feel like you shouldn't talk about it and you like you should be embarrassed by it and stuff, but you like you shouldn't. There's no, nothing to no, be no, embarrassed no, about. Nothing at all. Uh, like what's the difference between this and men's hair loss or anything like that? It's something that you've got to deal with. Like mm. men obviously some men start to lose their hair quite early on and stuff and they just really have to accept it. Mm. And this is just one of those things as well. You've got no choice. Yeah. You've been dealt a hand where you're going to struggle mm. a little bit more than someone else to have a child. It's just something that you've got to deal with. It's nothing to yeah. be embarrassed about whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's who you are. Yeah. So it's it's crazy as well that um, people don't talk about it. Because since doing this, we've found out a few different things. And like you said, we watched the Rod Gilbert um, documentary as well, which was really interesting. So in the UK, uh, there is one in seven couples that are facing infertility issues. Mm-hmm. And half of them are due to male factors. Yeah. Which is mental. Yeah. You you wouldn't... I didn't think that. Like, I did not ever think that that was the case. I thought it was always women more than the men. Yeah, obviously, you'd know that men can have a little sperm count and stuff like that, but you wouldn't... I don't think you would ever have thought that it's co- it contributes to 50%. No. I wouldn't have thought that. Um, I don't know if it's because, again, the male infertility just isn't spoken about as much as what women's is to the degree that women's mm-hmm. infertility is spoken about. But yeah... I was surprised when I found out that it was fifty percent. Yeah, it's just mad because you don't you don't hear about that. Like everything that you see, fertility wise, is aimed at the woman. Yeah, I think going back to kind of what we discussed just before that stat came out in terms of being embarrassed about it or whatever, the fact that it's fifty percent should make a man feel even more kind of comfortable with the fact that they could be infertile or mm. have issues with their infertility. If it was 10%, you, you would be thinking to, to yourself, oh, really? Like, I am in the 10%. Like, what yeah. are the chances of me mm-hmm. being in that 10%? The fact that it's 50% makes a massive mm. difference in my eyes. Yeah, and one in seven couples as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's so many people that will that you probably know that yeah. will have mm-hmm. been going through or might have gone through something or might in the future. Yeah, if you were to get seven couples together that mm-hmm. you know, one of them mm-hmm. is probably or more than likely had fertility issues. Yeah, and could easily be from the male. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But you do. I think a lot of people just automatically think if you're talking about fertility issues as a couple, I think people automatically think, oh, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What she mm-hmm. got? Like they don't think, oh, is it because of you? Or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of men would be quite not repulsed at the idea, but they'd be like, eh, my sperm, no, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, it's obviously just that male bravado kind of mm-hmm. thing that. Which is what we need to get away from. I think in yeah. all, it's it, this ties into like every sort of aspect of life, and it's a lot of what and. Um, 
people are speaking about at the minute anyway with mental health issues and things like that because mm. we all know that men especially in britain are rubbish at talking yeah. and opening mm. up and hopefully with how everything is at the minute that is changing quite a lot now and hopefully men do feel like they can open up more and so that like feeds into the fertility issues yeah. and men feeling like they have to be a man and mm-hmm. not talk about it well, is it not something like the suicide rate, a high percentage of that is men? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, they fail to kind of open up yeah. and talk. And obviously that, as you say, that can lead into other discussions in life and especially the, the fertility side. Mm-hmm. I think it is something that really is important and something that we do need to step up with as a community and as a nation, really. Yeah, definitely. Especially when it's affecting however many people so much. Yeah, 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 definitely. Mm-hmm. It's obviously we we we're more aware of mental health and the struggles that people go through with mental health. I imagine the numbers, or if you look at that one in seven couples, of of those seven couples, how many do you think have mental health issues? Mm. So they could kind of align. So the mental health issues and the fertility numbers could be around about the same, but because fertility issues aren't spoken about you don't know about it whereas yeah mental health issues you will know about because it's out there in society yeah people are becoming more open about that yeah yeah, yeah definitely mm-hmm. so we're gonna hear a bit of your story um so we're gonna find out well i know <laughs> but we're gonna let the everybody who's listening find out like how we found out about your infertility issues yep so, first of all, when did you think that you might have been playing a part in us not getting pregnant? As in going through it or thinking back from now? Yeah, thinking back from now. Like, when did you think, when did you first think, oh, this could be down to me? Um, well, if I'm thinking from now, from where I am in this moment in time, I should have really have picked up on it when we were trying for Oakley, the fact that it took 15 months. Yeah. I should have picked up on that, thinking, hold on a second, it's taken this long. Mm-hmm. You hear about people having one night stands and getting pregnant, and here's us <laughs> trying for 15 months and getting nowhere. So really, I should have thought, uh, there's a bit of an issue here. It's either, mm-hmm. it's either me or it is you, but knowing me, I would have been like, oh, no, it's me. It, it is me. But when I've been living through it, it was... So we tried to conceive again in the January of 2019. Yeah, because it's been two years. Uh, so the January of 2019, I think the August of that year was around about the time where I thought, hold on a second, something's like not adding up yet. Because mm. um, the fact that, well, in my mind, I thought, well, hold on a second, your body knows what it's doing because it's carried a child and produced a child and stuff like that. So your body should be fine. Knowing now that, that's not necessarily the case yeah. <laughs> but at the time i would have thought that mm-hmm. um so yeah it would have been about the august i would have said mm-hmm. but yeah i think if i was thinking about it now and thinking back i should have picked up on it when we were trying for oakley yeah so when you went for your sperm analysis what yeah. happens um right so this is quite a surreal experience and mine is probably a lot. Of, no, I don't. I don't mean funnier, but like <laughs> funny, funny moments throughout. 
Um, so obviously you get your letter to confirm your time and date and all that kind of stuff. And obviously we'd gone that day to the fertility clinic. Um, I left you in the car with Oakley thinking it's going to be like a half an hour appointment. So mm-hmm. I'd gone to the fertility clinic and I'd gone into the building. And as soon as I got into the building, there was a sign that said, please wait at the reception. So I remember standing at reception and there was a woman sat at the desk and she just would not look up. And I'm wearing a mask and I was like, oh, I can't really go over because of COVID. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go over because of COVID. It's an awkward time. Yeah. Um, I, can thinking, I can remember thinking, um, so what do I do here? And it took about five minutes and she finally looked up and went, oh, you're here for a sperm analysis. So if you just go upstairs, it's the th- third floor on the right. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. It's just the sign says I have to wait here. Otherwise, I would have just gone. Yeah. Um. So, eventually made my way upstairs to second reception, and obviously you passed your details on to as to who you are, why you well not why you're there, but who mm-hmm. you are. Um, and just take a seat and wait for someone to call you through. So eventually, I think it was five or ten minutes later, got called, went through, and you get shown to a room. It's not. Not a small room, but not like a massive room either. Um, where, f- from my experience, there was a couple of chairs, um, a hatch, and a light switch, and that was essentially it. <laughs> and you get told, right, there's your there's your pot. That's where you're going to put your sample. Make sure you get everything in the pot as well. Do not miss the pot. If you miss the pot, you need to write down in this form that you missed the pot. <laughs> oh, okay, there's there's pressure here to definitely get How it. How could in. you miss the pot? Hey, you could be too excited. <laughs> it happens. Uh, but yeah, you have to like tick like if you've got it all in or whether you missed. And I was like thinking, well, there's nothing to clean this up with if I do miss, so I oh, hope I get yeah. everything in. Um, so yeah, you get your pot, you put it into the hatch, close the hatch, and you're meant to flick the switch to put the light on and the people in the lab know that you've finished and then they'll take it for the analysis. So I was like, right, okay, I understand that process. That's that seems easy enough. So I can remember thinking, right, here we go. Get get the trousers down, get the pants down, do your business. So I did the business, nailed it, got everything in the pot, uh, ticked that box, everything went in. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. And obviously trousers and pants back up, put the pot into the hatch, and this is where I started to get confusing for me. I can remember thinking, hold on, when I came in, <laughs> that light switch was on the on position already. Opened up the hatch and the light wasn't on. I was like, right, hold on. So put the pot in, close the hatch. And then I flicked the switch so that it was the other way around. But the fat bit was sticking out the bottom, which to me means the light's off. And I was thinking, right, okay, so because it's the opposite, the light wasn't on before. So the light must be on now. And then I went to walk towards the door and I thought, no, that's not right. <laughs> I, I, I know my switches. I know my light switches. That's not on. So I went back, flicked it so that the fat bit was sticking out the top. I thought, right, that's it. I'm happy. Let's go. Go to the door again. I thought, I'm really confused here. I feel like that's not on. So flicked it again. I said, right, okay, let's leave. So I remember going out the door, closing the door behind me. And I thought, no, I'm still, I'm still not comfortable with what I've done there. So I kind of stood around for a minute or two and a nurse came by and I was like, oh, excuse me, can you give me, uh, give us a hand, please? I don't know if I've 
done this right and she kind of looked at us like well why are you asking me I'm not from here uh, <laughs> it's just a light switch how yeah, hard could it yeah, be so I was like um, I'll, I'll get someone I'll get someone and I was like right thank you so um, the like the nurse I don't know if it is a nurse scientist lady I don't know what they're <laughs> called I've no idea sorry if I've offended you there fertility clinic um, but yeah she came and she's like oh how can I help I was like oh well I, I don't know if I've done the hatch right I don't know if like I flicked the switch correctly because like the fat bit was sticking on top and I went in and I've done it the other way and <laughs> uh, that's that's just all wrong to me. And she's like, tell you what, I'll just go around to the lab and I'll tell them that you've done. I'm like, all right, okay, thank you. <laughs> so, I bet they were like, what is he doing in there? Like on off on off. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can just remember thinking, well, I know my, I, I do I know how to flick a light switch, but <laughs> this just seems bizarre. Um, and yeah, it just proper confused me. Uh, so yeah she'd gone around to tell them and I was like okay so then I just remember walking out and coming back to the car and speaking to you and you're like oh so how was it <laughs> wink wink and I was like well yeah yeah, yeah it was alright yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all good yeah, yeah, it, was, it was fine um, and I can remember saying to you like oh, obviously I had gone in and obviously this was September so this was during the pandemic and stuff so mm. having to wear a mask and I can remember you coming out with the question what, did you wear your mask the whole time? And I remember thinking to myself, oh shit, yes. <laughs> so during that process of, all right, here we go, here we go, right, pants down, trousers down, all that kind of stuff, forgot to take my mask off. <laughs> so I'd done my business with my mask still on. Oh God, COVID secure. Uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a first for everything. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I was definitely safe. I was definitely safe. I wasn't catching COVID. Oh. Um, but yeah, that was, that's been the kind of, yeah. my experience of a sperm analysis. So how did you feel like going to do that and stuff? Because I think a lot of men probably feel very apprehensive about going for a sperm analysis. Yeah, um, I imagine there will there will be a lot of men that do feel that, but for me um, it was just like a hospital appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the women that worked there have seen a million of me. It's not as if I'm one that stands out. It's not yeah. as if it was a female fertility clinic and, oh, wait, there's a man here. Better take a photo of him, put him on the wall. <laughs> it wasn't anything like that. As I say, they would have seen a million men before me and there'll be a million men after me. I'm just mm. I'm just a number, basically. Yeah. So um, I wasn't embarrassed or anything. Um, it's not as if there was a nurse, science lady like at the door kind of putting that ear up and like oh oh he's he's going a bit fast what's he what's he doing there basically showed you to the room went away mm-hmm. so you're left to your own devices um so yeah i, I wasn't embarrassed or anything even, I think that's... even in the waiting room i wasn't embarrassed yeah as i say it just felt like a hospital appointment exactly and i think that's how you need to make sure you, like you you think about it as well yeah because it's even like for women when we get like smear tests and every other test that we have and that are that can be can make you feel like a little bit embarrassed oh yeah they will do and you will be thinking oh like they're gonna see my my bits yeah. and it's like well they've seen your bits they've seen a million eight, other, eight, eight people. Eight exactly. other bits today just in that day exactly yeah. never mind like over the year the mm-hmm. course of the year like how many people like you said come in and out i i try and think of it now as like when i'm at work and i work in retail i don't remember every customer that comes in no at no, all no. <laughs> you'll you'll remember the ones that stand out 
because the, there will be like what well, in retail it's a bit different obviously yeah. you're gonna remember like the customer that was really really awkward and just kicked off Rude, about yeah. nothing um i suppose you will get some cases like that mm-hmm. in hospital appointments and stuff but very few and far between yeah they're not gonna remember you no i don't mean that like you're bland i don't mean that, <laughs> i don't mean it like that but yeah, but if you're not going to be seeing so many people, yeah, if you're not kicking off and if you're not causing a scene, you're not going to be remembered. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, mm-hmm. nobody's going to know anything. Yeah, no, and that's it's literally how I felt that day. Mm-hmm. And again, it was a, I think I was in there for 10, 10 15 minutes because mm-hmm. I think he was shocked at how quick I was back and stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was no time at all. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to go and do it as well. Oh yeah, definitely. If you want any kind of answer, you've got to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing as well. Like men can't, you can't just put it all down to the woman. Because I felt like, I felt like I was going to have to push you to go and get sperm analysis. I felt like I was going to have to keep being like, you should really get yourself checked as well though. You should really go and get checked. Yeah. I think he did for a little while. Yeah. And I think, I I think I was kind of putting off. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think as a man, I just didn't want to feel like I'd kind of let anyone down i think that's what that kind of was but then i kind of just thought about it a bit more and i thought well i'm letting you down by not going exactly yeah basically and Mm -hmm. if i don't go and don't get any kind of answer then we're going to be stuck in this kind of groundhog day of Mm. trying to get somewhere but we're just going through the same thing all the time so explain what answers we did get so for me i we discovered that it's my motility and count so my count's not great it's not horrendous mm-hmm. but it's not great um there are there is sperm there it's the issue of the sperm finding its way basically mm-hmm. it's gone on a road trip and it's not taken a map yeah it's essentially what's happened so the few that you've got don't know where they're going yeah they can't swim basically. properly <laughs> yeah. and they're getting lost in I'm sure we've gone this way before, lads. I'm sure we've gone this way. <laughs> Just going round in circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like whenever we go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I recognise that building. <laughs> yes, because we've gone past it eight times already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. that's essentially what came out of it. The fact that it's a motility issue and a, a count issue, but the, the count isn't so much of an issue. But beyond that, um, the specialist did say that ICSI was going to be the best route for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember writing down ICSI. And I think I, was, I, think I put I-C-K-S-Y. <laughs> I was like, question mark. I I, I've never heard of this thing and I'm writing it down. I, I don't know. Spell it how you sounds yeah. like. Um, and I never knew that this people said it that way either. I th- I always read it as ICSI. I never said ICSI like in my head whenever yeah. I read it. But I think even after you read the results, like because obviously you were at work when I got mm-hmm. them and you came back. I think even the few days after that, even though I kept on going, well, the woman on the phone said ICSI. You kept on seeing <laughs> yeah. ICSI. I was like, but that sounds weird. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So she gave me a lot of stats around motility around count um, yeah that you wrote and, down and, and we have down. no idea what it yeah. means <laughs> it, it was just a load of stats i wrote down the numbers i looked at it and i went yeah i've not got a clue <laughs> yeah. no idea 
But yeah, that was essentially what I found out. Oh no, sorry. So the specialist did say that ICSI was probably going to be the best route for us, but there was a chance that we could conceive naturally. Mm-hmm. And I can remember writing that in like capital letters and like drawing a box around that <laughs> yeah. and being like, yes, yeah, I'm not completely useless. Mm-hmm. Um, Just most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a relief to find out that obviously we could conceive naturally, but ICSI was going to be the best route. And mm. I think... It had been something that I thought about for a while anyway. The fact that we were going to have to have some sort of treatment to go forward. The yeah. fact that we've been trying for as long as we have. I thought, mm, there's something not quite adding up mm-hmm. here, so we're going to need some sort of help. And you said, yeah, they'll offer some sort of treatment. And it might be like, I can't remember what you said. Like, you might think... have to take something or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, all right, okay, that's fine by me. Not thinking that it would be to the extent that it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time good that we've got an answer mm-hmm. yeah because some um sometimes they put men on clomid as well right, i've read okay. that before mm-hmm. um and then there's like a iui and those different ones before you kind of get then to the ivf yeah but we've not even just gone to ivf we've gone way up to the top to ICSI, <laughs> which is basically kind of like the last chat like resort sort of thing really yeah and that's that, that's due to motility issues, isn't it? Yeah. It's the fact that they'll take the sperm and inject Literally, it directly yeah. into the egg. Because mm-hmm. if they didn't do that... It still wouldn't find its way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, lads, we don't need a map. It's fine. <laughs> but it's right there. Yeah. No, no, we need to go left. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's what we're probably going to be having to go through. But like you said, it was a relief as well to for her to say there could still be a chance of conceiving naturally yeah. yeah yeah absolutely because for me then i felt like oh well at least like everything that we've done every month hasn't been for absolutely nothing there has been that chance and you do hear about a lot of people that are going to be going through ivf and all this kind of stuff and then they fall pregnant naturally yeah. bef- before it happens so mm. it's been something that's been in the back of my mind at the forefront of my mind it's been we will be having ICSI. It's, it is now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the back of my mind, I've been like, oh, well, there's a chance could... it could be this mm. month. It could be this month. But then, obviously, the closer we get to actually going through the treatment, the more you kind of go, it's going to be the treatment that's going to yeah. help. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I feel like now that we have that answer of that's the treatment that we would have to have, and now we know like we're not. it's not just in our heads and we're not just doing things wrong, I think it's actually helped monthly as well i don't obviously i'm still upset when i'm not pregnant but i think it's helped because you think oh but we're going to be doing this yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you've you've got it's like you've got light at the end of the tunnel i (laughs) think is the best way to kind of put it the fact that we've been in a dark place throughout Mm -hmm. it not the whole time i don't mean the whole time it's been when af has arrived Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, I'm done with the kids. <laughs> or the infertility group, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's been those moments where we've realised, right, okay, this month hasn't worked again. Mm. They've been the dark moments, but as you're, I think you've put quite a few quotes on your Instagram and stuff like that. It's like, right, pick yourself up again, dust yourself down. Yeah, go start again. again. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
But then we have to also remember that Ixie's not guaranteed a baby still. No. No, no, it's not. But it's given us a better chance. chance. It's given us a much better chance than what we would have if we were to try to conceive naturally. Yeah, definitely. So has your, like, view on everything changed now? Like, on the whole process of things? Do you feel like, now that you know that you're part of the problem, do you feel like you've got more responsibility and more more of a focus? I think, I think as, like, a male, yes. I I know I've got more responsibility. Um, Again, going back to that Rod Gilbert documentary and stuff and the stat that you gave out earlier that it's... 50% 50% of fertility issues are down to the man and mm-hmm. you can think well yeah that should make sense anyway and because it's 50% you can't be like well no it's your fault it's it's your fault it's it's not it's it's like anything if like if you've got a house you, mm-hmm. you should be well a lot of people contribute 50-50 to bills and nowadays and, yeah. yeah and it should be the same for anything really um so getting me checked out was my part in all of this. And yeah, I, I'm doing my part basically to help us have another child. Yeah. Do you feel like you need to do more though? Because like um, for women, we tend to be a lot more proactive and a lot more want to be in control, want to try and fix things. Especially yeah. for me, I feel like I'm like that quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I read something about a certain vitamin or a certain lifestyle change or anything like that, that might possibly help, like I go for it straight away. I'm like, oh, this yeah. vitamin, let's get mm-hmm. this, let's yeah, get yeah. this. So do you feel like you're now with the vitamins and things like that when I'm like, I've got you these, I've got you these, take these, you have to take these every day. Do you feel like now you feel more like, I should do, I should take these, I should try and change this or whatever, a bit more now? Um, yeah, I do. So Because it, it has been a struggle, like trying to get you to take vitamins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's only been recently really that I've thought, right, I'm going to take these yeah. kind of constantly and daily and all that kind of stuff so that I am doing my part as well. But at the same time, I, I'm... I'm dealing with what I've got, basically. I'm, I've, I've been dealt this hand, this is what I've got. Because I can remember asking the specialist on the phone when I did get my results, is there anything that I can do to help with all this? And mm. she was like, there's been nothing medically proven to help. And I think what they've basically done by saying that is if they were to obviously suggest something, then you took it and didn't go anywhere with it. Yeah. Pick up, well, you told us this? Mm. Why has it not worked? But yeah, they've not found anything that's helped. She said there's nothing medically proven to help with it. So yeah, I'm I'm dealing with basically what I've got. Mm. See, that's where we're a bit different as well because then I'm kind of like, oh, I would want to try and fix it. <laughs> I would want to be like, right, what can I do though to improve everything? Yeah, and it's, it's not as if I'm overweight or anything. If I was overweight, mm. then I could lose weight. Yeah. That, that's an easy fix to this. Well, like to, to the weight. <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. But um, yeah, there's like a you know how to really mm-hmm. solve that issue, don't you? Eat healthily, do yeah. more exercise, all that kind of stuff. Don't but, smoke, don't drink. Yeah, which like all of these things we don't don't apply to us really anyway. Oh yeah, I mean in terms of if you wanted to fix your weight mm-hmm. issue, but 
in terms of your fertility issue. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do for it. Basically, take the vitamins. And I am taking the vitamins. <laughs> I am taking the vitamins, and it would be interesting to see what the sperm count was like mm-hmm. after taking these vitamins for a good while to see if it has made a difference. Yeah. I don't know if it is. I'm still. I'm doing it, but mm. I don't know if it's doing anything. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm playing with what I've got, mm-hmm. and that's all I can really do at the moment. Yeah. I just feel like there's no harm in in trying different things. <laughs> yeah. No. No. There's not. It, and it I, might do, not I do go work. along with some of the stuff. Some of the stuff that you've given me has been horrendous, <laughs> and I've done it. But I think kind of at times you kind of lose the will to do it when it's like another month and nothing's happened and yeah. then it's another month and still nothing's happened and you're mm. like well why am I doing all these fads and trends and mm. whatever else you're giving us all this voodoo <laughs> voodoo has not been involved but it sometimes feels like it <laughs> witchcraft all that kind of stuff it's like why why am I doing this yeah. if it's not doing anything to give yourself that better chance uh, yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know long term when you think about it you know long term that that's what the point is but mm. when you get defeated so regularly mm-hmm. you do kind of think like why yeah which is sometimes why i think i would have resigned myself to oh yeah it's going to be ivf or mm. no we know but even when we go through the ivf we still want to make sure that we're yeah, getting yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. best sperm and eggs and everything that we can yeah. mm-hmm. so i'll still be making you take them yep <laughs> i'm sure you will be do you feel like um since finding out that we've got male infertility factors, do you feel like that's like ruined your confidence or your self esteem at all? No. Like not ruined, but you know what I mean. What as an everyday thing or like has it knocked your your confidence or self esteem a bit? No. Uh, not at all. Uh, I you, you know what I'm like. I'm I'm just me, I'm very laid back, mm-hmm. very easy going if if something's wrong i generally just be like, right, so this is what I'm dealing with now, so I just kind of mm-hmm. get along with it. Very rarely does my confidence or anything get knocked back. Um, I've got a great ability, even like kind of work-related, so obviously working in retail in the past, mm-hmm. not anymore, thankfully, but working in retail in the past and stuff, if you've got like a really crappy customer and it's just showing at you and all this kind of stuff, a lot of people would take that to heart and yeah. think about that when they've gone home and mm-hmm. maybe the next day. Um, I've got a great ability of as soon as I've left work or I've left a bad situation I can leave that situation mm-hmm. where it is I don't know why it's just something I've kind of been able to do for it's quite a, good quite thing, a really. long time yeah. yeah so in terms of confidence or anything no um, I think a lot of it helps the fact that me and you don't change either the fact that we just act the same way as any other time really it, mm-hmm. like if you were to then start being a bit cold with me or a bit off, I would start thinking to myself, oh, right, okay, so I'm doing this to you. Yeah. And that's when I would get a, like a confidence hit. Mm. But you're not. So in that aspect, you're really supportive about all this and that's like amazing for me. But beyond that, I know that we still love each other and it's like, it doesn't affect me. Like it, my confidence just doesn't go. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like openly discussing it now? Because I know we've got the Instagram and we've got this now, but this is still quite, we're still quite, quite like just in our own little corner of the infertility world. <laughs> we've never really, you've opened up actually more than I have to certain people, especially at work. 
but yeah we're still quite just in our little comfort zone of the people who are also going through the same thing yeah. we've n- mm-hmm. not been open with other people so we've not opened it up on to facebook or anything like that so how do you feel how do you feel opening up about it now and how would you feel if you was to open up about it to more people um so i've i have opened up to a few people a few close people that i know i've not approached the conversation or anything with kind of a guard up i've been quite honest mm-hmm. about it and generally i'm a person that has the kind of mental attitude of like kind of Sharon's Karen as long as it doesn't affect anyone mm-hmm. it's not going to harm anyone and obviously you're taking into consideration what other people are going through so I wouldn't want to be saying like oh this is happening to me but that person's already kind of gone through it or is possibly going to go through it mm-hmm. um, and I wouldn't want it to affect them negatively if it's not going to affect them negatively then I'm I'll, I'll just open up and I'll just be very honest about it Mm-hmm. it's kind of how I've always really been um, if someone's going to ask a question I'll I'll just be honest yeah um, there's times where I won't really want to bring it up with that person mm-hmm. in terms of I don't want to initiate the conversation because it's quite a I don't know I th- yeah, that's pe- a- people would kind of react one of two ways they'd actually be like oh like, I, I didn't I didn't know like, mm-hmm. do you want to tell me more like is everything alright and other people be like, oh, okay. I think people don't know how to react to it yeah. as well. And we put a lot of blame onto other people's reactions quite a lot. But then I also try and spin it around. And I think, but we don't talk about it. So people who aren't going through it don't understand. So it's like, there's things that other people are going through that we don't understand. And if you was given that conversation, that topic of conversation or something, you would be kind of like, oh, uh... Or you would probably maybe say the wrong things or whatever because you yeah. don't know mm-hmm. how to react or respond. So I think that's why it's really important to be open and to be speaking about it as well so that more people do understand and then they do know how to react. And so then we don't have to deal with people who might not might say the wrong things or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I do. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go on to the final little segment of the podcast now, um, which is my Ask Insta section. Um, So this is the bit where I just see if anybody on Instagram has any questions for us. And we did get a couple of really nice, well, I say really nice ones. We did get a couple of questions. Um, We did also get a couple that were more medical related. But we are not experts at all in this field. We're just kind of starting out ourselves, really, with it all, with the medical side. So we don't feel comfortable really answering those I think when I say nurses or science (laughs) people... I think that kind of shows that we don't know that yeah. much. And I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong information or any sort of misleading information. So I I didn't really want to google things either because Google can come up with all sorts of different things. So Where does Google always take you? Cancer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So unfortunately we've not answered those ones. If we do end up uh, along the line kind of getting those answers organically then it'll be different but yeah 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 yeah. at the minute i don't feel confident enough answering questions like that 
Um, so I've got a couple that aren't medical related that mm-hmm. I think you might be able to answer. Yep. Um, or give your I'll, view on I'll anyway. I <laughs> can't guarantee anything, but I'll do um, my best. So the first one, so they are both for you as well, since this is um, all about you. Not that band again. Come on, it's question. All about you. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so first one, do you get sexual performance anxiety? So the lady that has asked me the question says that sometimes her husband struggles when he knows that it's time, like right. the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not anxiety. I'm like, oh, I'm nervous about this. Mm. Or like, I don't feel under... Well, obviously, there's going to be some sort of pressure to perform because you're like, come on, sperm, do it! <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm not like anxious about that time or whatever. Um mm. With this, it's only ever kind of the um, the chore kind of feeling like oh, it's mm-hmm. a chore. It, it it feels like a chore when you're having to do it so much and on a certain time and stuff like that. I think now that we're not doing that, what was it, sperm meets egg? Yeah. Thing, I think that really felt like a chore. Mm-hmm. But now that we're trying to time it right, where we're regenerating sperm, <laughs> so that it's fine for when it's ovulation day mm-hmm. um, it doesn't feel like a chore as much but do I get anxiety about that time Yeah. personally no mm-hmm. no I don't why do you think you don't because um, I think a lot of men probably do I um, I don't really know I, I suppose my kind of view of an- being anxious around it is kind of one of well I've got what I've got mm. and I, I can't I can't do any better than what I've got mm-hmm. in me. So why f- why feel anxious about it? It's So sex at the minute is a job. It's not a pleasure mm-hmm. thing. So it's one of those where if I'm not pleasuring you, that's not my main aim. My main aim is to <laughs> deposit some sperm. Any that, excuse. Yes. <laughs> Come on. In and out. Done. <laughs> but yeah, the, the purpose is for the sperm... To try and get to the egg. Mm-hmm. It's not a pleasure thing. And we spoke about that last time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's why I wouldn't personally feel anxious about it. Mm. Does that not make you like kind of nervous though? Thinking that think, if you are thinking of, of it as a job, like thinking like, oh, I need to like get this to work. Oh, how do I, <laughs> I don't like to say this, but basically like making sure that like he works. Mm-hmm. He's he's gonna work. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not really thinking I'm gonna have any issues with him not working because of like you. So oh, I'm, thanks. I'm, you're, very, <laughs> you're very welcome. But yeah, I don't feel like I'm gonna have any issues with that. Mm. So how do you think like other men could maybe like not feel? Like I don't, don't want to say like there will be people that have like stage fright yeah or they're under pressure to perform mm-hmm. like but nothing's happening there and it's one of the worst feelings you could ever feel because then you don't want the woman to be like oh do you not find me attractive yeah. do you not find me sexy do and especially when you've me? got the added pressure of you need to do it, it this it, time for that. yeah yeah um obviously now that we know that you haven't you've got like a small window basically mm. to perform that task mm. it's gonna make a man feel horrendous like if yeah. that does happen so i can completely appreciate mm. that that will happen what i think it? we just have to try and take away the pressure a little bit as well as a woman i think you could like you could help your partner mm-hmm. a little bit yeah 
but it is hard. There is a fine line between wanting to take away that pressure, but also being like, you've got to perform. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> this is there, the time. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with how determined I think women are, especially with wanting to conceive. Yeah. Men are obviously like determined to do it, but women like are probably mm. at another level with it. Yeah, you you are gonna be like, mm, you better do. Yeah. We'll be having words if you don't. <sighs> but yeah, so I can completely appreciate that there will be some men out there that do feel anxious and mm. do have that kind of stage fright moment. I, I don't I can't really offer a kind of any yeah. advice around that. I think it, that's it's why it's each to their own, yeah. unfortunately. I think that's why I was nervous to kind of tell you when I was ovulating a lot because I didn't want to put on that pressure and for you to then like not be able to do anything or I whatever. I think the only thing with that then is do not try and make it routinely. Yeah. Tr- do try and spice it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Don't just like lie there in bed and be like, right, come on then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like just try and make it a bit more like spontaneous i suppose like yeah spontaneous, spontaneous within bo- a small window <laughs> yeah. spontaneous at a certain time yes. <laughs> do it five minutes earlier oh, <laughs> wasn't expecting that where did that come from <laughs> or just even like try and be a bit like cheeky throughout the day as well like not necessarily because if especially if you're going through secondary infertility you've got kids around yeah. you already but yeah just give them to the ground it'll be fine <laughs> but just sometimes because you're sometimes like that where you're a bit like oh like mm. a little a little pinch on the bum or whatever that kind of for me that spices it up enough <laughs> <laughs> easily pleased I see <laughs> but yeah but we'll go on to the second question now and our last question yep of this little grilling session I've had for you I know I'm sweating over here <laughs> Uh, so this one I find quite interesting how does it feel knowing that your partner aka me has to go through IVF now Um, I suppose when I think back to what the specialist said when I got my results you know how I said before that there's always in the back of my mind that it could still happen naturally yeah I think that kind of like is a big factor in thinking about that as well so I'm always thinking to myself, well, there's a chance that we can conceive naturally, so then you won't have to go through the hurt of mm. like all the injections and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's comforting for me, the fact that I know that we could conceive naturally, but as time is ticking on and that yeah. like gap is getting smaller, mm-hmm. it's worrying, obviously, but as men, we get let off with so much and it's, it's frustrating. It's mm-hmm. so frustrating. I would love to be able to, like, it be me that has the injections and stuff because mm-hmm. I deal with injections better than you already because I know that you're fainter and stuff like that. So <laughs> that's never a good start with any kind of needle. Um, I'm better with injections, so I would love to be able to take that away from you because obviously you have to go through the, the labour yeah. when you do have a child. And I can remember thinking to myself when you had Oakley, like, what are you, five, one and a half or something like that? Yeah. So you're tiny. <laughs> and just seeing you in that moment just going through all that pain it's like hold on she's five one and a half but she's a warrior like you can deal <laughs> you can deal with pain like i don't even know if i could do that i'm six foot and i'm like ah, <laughs> but yeah like i would love to be able to take that pain away but unfortunately it's where mm. we are and it's it's horrendous to say but uh, yeah it's where we are unfortunately yeah 
I think we're lucky as well that you will support me through that. I was just about to say, I think as long as partners are supportive of the yeah. other one, then you're doing your bit. Mm. Don't be someone that, right, you've helped with the injections and stuff like that, and you can see your partner's in pain and be like, all right, I'm just going to sit on my phone and scroll through Facebook now <laughs> yeah. for 20 minutes. You're lying on the floor, like, crying your eyes out <laughs> because your stomach's sore or whatever. Like, that's yeah, yeah. that's not right. I um, still think that I'm going to need you to help with all of that anyway. I'll enjoy sticking a needle in you, don't worry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as long as, like, the partner's supportive and is there for them, mm-hmm. we're doing the bit that we can. yeah. Exactly. It's frustrating it's, that we can't do more, but yeah. we're doing the bit that we can do. It's like like when you're talking about labour and stuff, it's the same with that. Like yeah. you mm-hmm. just like you there's not much that you could do at all when I was having Oakley, but what you did do was everything that you could do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, it, <laughs> it's exactly right. I mean I can remember you getting up like in the the room and stuff like that and you were walking around and like obviously clearly in pain and I was like like I don't really know what to do. I was like, I was rubbing your back. I was like, hey, are you all right? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I can't do anything. Like, yeah. you, you do feel so lost and just kind of mm-hmm. ineffective, basically. And it's such a horrible feeling, mm-hmm. but we can't do any more than that. Yeah. We can just be there for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that brings us on to the end of the episode. How have you found it? Well, I've stopped sweating. <laughs> I'm not as bad now. No, uh, no, it's it's been fine. Um, it's it is interesting because I don't really talk as much as this. Um, usually mm-hmm. I'm a lot quieter, so it's interesting to get so many questions and having to answer them and obviously answering them. Quite personal one. Yeah, like. yeah, it, obviously. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of it really mm-hmm. that way. The fact that this has been me. This hasn't been me speaking for men. This has been yeah. me speaking about me, mm-hmm. which could be applicable to other men, but might not be because another man's experiences could be completely different to what mine yeah. is I am I'm quite a strange character anyway and <laughs> in, in the way that I think and stuff so a lot of men probably mm-hmm. won't think the same way as what I do so yeah I do need to say that this is my personal view on things yeah. and this is not the view of men but that's okay anyway because everybody's different and everybody's yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's yeah. whole experience with this will yeah. be different I just don't want someone to listen to this and be like well that man said that yeah. Why are you not thinking that way? Mm-hmm. Because another man's going to think completely different. Exactly. Or slightly different. Yeah. And it might take people longer to be feel confident with where they're at with everything as well. Yeah. It, it's just fortunate that I'm quite confident in myself. Yeah. And you can brush things off easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting to kind of give mm-hmm. my personal view on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it's just, we just think that more, because you are confident to speak about it, I think it is important for you to have spoken about it like you have done today. Because I think there might might be something that you've said today that might have helped somebody else. Hopefully. And if you've helped one person, then you've done a good job. We've achieved what we set out to do in helping someone. Yeah, to just not feel. (laughs) It wasn't necessarily about the, the plural for us when we thought yeah. about starting this it was mm-hmm. if we can help someone but yeah. yeah no I hadn't hadn't really thought of it that way but yeah it'd mm-hmm. be quite nice if it has exactly but yeah so we're going to say goodbye now we'll be back again next week with a new topic thank you so much for listening 
yes and especially thank you to listening to me going on so, yeah, yeah I, I do appreciate it I know I think this is the longest I've ever listened to you speaking without being on my phone yeah <laughs> I know but thank you so much for listening again and we will see you again next week bye